Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. And hello, hello. Welcome to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. I'm Ra. Ashley. Hey, <laughs> It's the first time we're trying that out. <laughs> and today we are here to do something a little bit different. Don't worry, our author chats and book lists aren't going anywhere. But today we are bringing a discussion that will hopefully stir something inside of you and make you take a closer look at how you consume television. Reality television to be exact. Reality TV has affected almost every aspect of our lives, whether we like it or not. To watching lives being destroyed, on reality TV of the reality star um, to a reality star actually becoming president of the United States of America. It's hard to wonder if reality television is actually good for us or even the people that are participating. But before we kind of dig a little bit deeper, I would like to know where we all kind of came from. And Ashley and Taylor, I would love to hear from y'all on that. I'm like, where, where did we all start? <laughs> like, I know personally, I started with like some Jersey Shore and the surreal life. And that kind of really sucked me in. Yeah. I, I mean, there was a recent film adaptation of Tammy Baker's life. And my knowledge of Tammy Baker was on the surreal life. And just these famous people who at one time were famous and then came onto this show to sort of it was like a big brother kind of setup and that's how I learned about Tammy Baker and it was just all these people who were famous at one point of their life getting into this house and kind of reminiscing on the times that they had and then kind of regaining some sort of fame I'd also say Laguna Beach was big for me Uh, that was a show on MTV and it was a show in Orange County about um, dang near 20 years ago. So I was, I was a kid just watching that show and, and then getting into Teen Mom for a little while. And then now more recently, I've slowed down on my um, reality show consumption, but re- watching more um, Summer House, Winter House, and select Love and Hip Hop Cities. Wait, which Love and Hip Hop Cities? So I watch Atlanta and New York and sparingly Hollywood. Okay. Okay. Wait, what makes Hollywood the least watched in your list? Well, because I'm from Los Angeles and I appreciate that the show isn't called Love and Hip Hop Los Angeles and that it's more Hollywood because I think people, when they think about Los Angeles, they immediately think of Hollywood and not the vastness of the city. So, but Hollywood is still just very, it's very scripted and very fake and just a very, it's a varied approach to how people want to stay on reality TV show. And I guess is the crux of this conversation, but some of it is still interesting. Like they have friendships and relationships. Like I think everyone else does. Me, I kind of got my start um, in a completely different direction from y'all. Um, so like my reality TV sh- consumption started similarly on like VH1 MTV, but I started with all the like love shows. So like mm-hmm. Flavor of Love, Rock of Love. 
I love New York, all of the spinoffs. So those are what I grew up watching. I didn't really care much about people's lives. I just wanted the dating competition. So I guess that's like the least reality of the reality TV show genre. But that's definitely continued on because I, I watch a lot of like love and relationship competition type reality shows to this day, like uh, Too Hot to Handle mm. and Are You the One and mm. Love is Blind and Married at First Sight. So that's kind of the flavor of my reality TV show. I used to be very like, ill reality TV, mm-hmm. not realizing like all of those <laughs> love shows were, were reality TV. Yeah, I think it, that's the big question on like what constitutes a reality TV show. Like the love style reality TV shows, are those going to be more of like, are those considered a competition shows? Are they considered finding love shows? Or I don't know. I'm not a big fan of lifestyle shows either, except for Jersey Shore. And I don't understand why, but I'm a huge Bachelor fan. So I'm mm. right there with you with love reality shows and got too hot to handle and of course the new ones that are coming out like the ultimatum mm. and love is blind and temptation island oh god that's my new favorite <laughs> or even like how discovery plus is having all these random ones about like right there's one that i really want to watch and it is involving people who are dating but they can only communicate using other animals mating calls or mating rituals Mm. I saw it on TikTok a producer was talking about it I wish I could like shout her out because I have no idea I can't remember what her name is but she was just kind of talking about what she is working on behind the scenes for the past few months and I just think that's wild but I think the big question that we need to ask ourselves is like why do we love it I think some like you you talking about that reality show I think reality shows apply to our niche and to the things that we enjoy. It's the same thing with the books that we read. There are people who love like vampires and there are people who can't stand them, but there's an audience for these books. There's an audience for these reality shows. And I also think that it gives people the space to breathe from their reality. So watching like a Jersey Shore, someone may be living in Mississippi and may never go to New Jersey, but they get to turn on MTV and watch a whole block of Jersey Shore. So it gives us this sort of way to learn about each other, even if it is the most ridiculousness of it. And I'm just remembering some of those tragic episodes of uh, Jersey Shore on the boardwalk. <laughs> like, yes. no, like I, don't, I don't think if I'm living in the South, I'd ever want to go to Jersey Shore after that, after seeing that. And then there was Flor there was Florabama and then there's gonna be a Jersey Shore-esque show set in Florida. And the Jersey Shore cast was upset because it's like, no, we built this show. How are you just gonna go off and do another series somewhere else? And it's like, well, actually, MTV <laughs> owns the product, whether you gave them the sort of fame to you know have this show or to have the other show um so that's like the expectation piece of it and I think it also just gives reality shows give people the opportunity to judge you know you have a show like my 
1,000 pound life and you get to watch someone who is a thousand pounds and say, oh, I would never be like that. And it kind of makes you, it can make you feel better about yourself, even though this is another human being, you know, living life and, you know, chose to share it in some way. Mm -hmm. I think for me too, it kind of taps into that aspect of like, even though it's reality but not reality I kind of think of it I kind of in my head almost compared to like porn where it's like Mm. we're seeking out something that like stokes our desire whether that is to like judge other people whether that is to learn about people different parts of the country or the world or like just watching other people play out like a part of your life that you want to play out just living through these experiences I feel like that's a lot of like the appeal of reality mm-hmm. TV show um, where like it serves as a purpose of like matching or meeting people's desires in whatever that is. So I really think that's like very interesting because I just like talk to my friends who do watch some like are like a junkie for all of the Housewives franchise. And I'm just like, why? Like, it's just people like. And I know one of my friends in particular talked about, well, like, these women are so different from me. Like, I just admire their confidence and, like, just saying Mm -hmm. what they mean. Mm -hmm. And so it is that aspect of kind of, like, playing out, like, the different parts and imagining, like, how you could be through the eyes of other people. It just so happens that, like, these producers and, like, these showmakers are, like, turning up certain parts that they feel will be more marketable and will attract more viewers. And they are storytellers, huh? So I just wanted to bring a couple things from our uh, group of members and what they had said after being asked if they watch reality TV and if they do, what do they like to watch? Um, So out of our Feminist Book Club subscribers, everyone loves competition shows. Like competition shows were hefty. And um, the top ones were, or no, actually the most popular is The Great British Bake Off. I think it was mainly only The Great British Bake Off, like overwhelmingly like 17 people mentioned The Great British Bake Off. And, and then the next category, you know, they are watching those love competition shows like The Bachelor, Love is Blind and 90 Day Fiance. And then Lifestyle came in last. Our uh, top three lifestyles were Housewives, Selling Sunset and Catfish. But I didn't know if Catfish is a life, lifestyle kind of show I think it kind of falls in the same in a different category almost you know <laughs> as yeah, I'm thinking about it I feel like I feel like catfish I mean it's still that reality where they are telling a story turning up certain aspects but I feel like catfish is probably one of the closest to a docu-series versus a mm-hmm. just yeah. general reality tv show but it does have like that like dramatic music at certain parts to make you feel certain ways and like the elongated pauses and like things like that but I feel like it might be the closest to the more so docu-series genre but still reality tv and it was a film before it became a reality show and I there was um, a football player his name escapes me but he was caught up in a catfishing scheme and that upended that turned the interest into catfishing because it was like, wow, this famous football player. And this was probably less than 10 years ago. So you had this, you had catfish the film, this real life situation happens. And then this inundated 
interest in catfish and it was a show on Rhea on MTV and then it just became even bigger because it was a real life situation it's not just like oh this can't happen to you it's like yeah anyone is susceptible to it to a certain degree well, I'm pretty sure catfish started because Neve got catfished and wanted to get to the bottom of it mm. and didn't understand what was happening. And so him and his buddy were like, let's make this a movie. Right. Or they just documented everything. Yeah. But I don't know, I guess good for them for taking what they were good at. And I think the camera, I can't remember his name, but I know that he's worked on some movies now and, you know, yeah. good for him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I guess that kind of ties into our next thing like so yeah so why does anyone want to enter the world of reality t- television is it for notoriety is it fame money boredom i don't i know that i've said that i wanted to be on the circle multiple times just mm-hmm. for the hell of it but i think it looks like it would be fun cuz i think i would be good at it <laughs> and mainly i want to compete against other people that think that are good at it except being on camera is something i do not want to do <laughs> there's one person i think about in regards to fame and money and that's hannah brown she was on the bachelorette and you know she's not an actor she's not a singer she's not a political person she was just a contestant on the bachelorette and i think at one point was the bachelorette but has really parlayed a 15 minute fame into a lunch break like she has she is appears everywhere she has books and has really made a career off of this one time in her life. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of in that show has also kind of been maligned because do people want to be famous or do they want to or do they do they want to find love or do they just want to go on the show so they can have a moment and then become famous. And I think that goes for a lot of the contestants is it's just a jumping point to the next thing and it's just how do you maintain people's interests once that once you sort of um, have someone's interest yeah I definitely do think it has changed since you know like the start of reality television like say like real world the first one mm-hmm. I I never watched real world um I I was a little too young at the time when it was coming out but I feel like it's definitely changed from then and like say those love competition shows like we'll say bachelor season one the people that went on there for at that time are totally different than the people that are going on now because you mentioned hannah brown my brain immediately also goes to madison pruitt who was also from the bachelor Mm. franchise Mm. um i know that she also has a book deal and she's engaged to a billionaire or something like that. Mm. And I'm like, okay, she's winning. Um, and she she's also building a very notable uh, career in the evangelical Christian space. Okay. Which is doing well for her. That's her mm-hmm. brand. That's who she is. She's good girl, Madison Pruitt. But it makes you think like, does anybody on like all these types of shows, like say like love and hip hop, are they going on for some sort of fame or money or boredom? What's the difference between people that are on these lifestyle spaces rather than like competition spaces is it all like what is it for mm-hmm. I don't know I think it really depends because I feel like there's the people who are celebrities who haven't done work in a long time yes. who like take the show deal as a way to mm-hmm. like kind of mm-hmm. still be relevant and make money mm-hmm. and like build back up their brands 
But then I think like a lot of regular people, like for example, Aparna from India Matchmaking, I read her book recently and she talked about like, oh, like she saw the casting for Indian Matchmaker and she was just like, oh, well, like traditional dating hasn't worked for me. I see this casting call, like why not try matchmaking in this way? So I think some people, especially on like the love, maybe not the competition competition where there's like like the bachelor and things like that but like the love is blind and married at first sight kind of love reality tv shows i think a lot of those people are going on with the intention of like well like something in my life isn't working and maybe being on the show can add something that i'm looking for but there are people i think who get in it for the wrong reasons who only want to be famous like I see the, I can always tell the people on Married at First Sight who are looking <laughs> for actual love and who are just like, oh yeah, I run like a fitness brand and yeah. oh, I do this part of my business. I do this part of my business. And they're using the show to promote their business and themselves. <laughs> um, so definitely like kind of can see the difference. There are those people who want to be famous, who want them the money, even though I've seen like reality TV show stars, especially like I saw one person from the Too Hot to Handle. She was like, after we split the money so many ways, like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not always for the money. So I was looking up different book deals that people have gotten uh, through mm -hmm. being on reality TV. And specifically, like since I only dabble in the Bachelor franchise, I wanted to look at how many books the Bachelor franchise has created. It's over 25 books, mm -hmm. ranging from self-help to Christianity to children's books mm -hmm. and memoirs. Of course, there has to be a memoir, but all of them do leak tea uh, about what happens behind the scenes, which is great. I've only read one book that wasn't written by anyone that was on a reality, sh reality show, but they do speculate. Uh, which I think is fantastic because I'm nothing but a spectator myself. Uh, and that's called How to Win the Bachelor, uh, The Secret of Finding Love of Fame on America's Favorite Reality TV Show by Chad and Lizzie. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think about like Lauren Conrad, who was who began her reality show presence on Laguna Beach and since parlayed it into the hills. She doesn't really like talking about her reality show experience because you know she's grateful for it which she should because a lot of what she has now is because of what she was able to build um but you know she wants to be known more for her lifestyle brand and different entities but she had a long-running novel series it was probably like eight books it seemed like every year for a good while, she was churning out at least two books. And it probably wasn't anything more than anyone's imagination, but because it was her name on it and she had an audience, someone you know at the publishing company probably thought, okay, someone's gonna buy these books. She already has a built-in audience. So we're gonna give her this deal and the books may be, turn into sand but you know they'll they'll be um we don't have to do much because Lauren has this audience so that's immediately what I think about with the book deals and then also Rachel Lindsay who was on um, The Bachelorette and of course was the first 
black female uh, bachelorette. And she just released a book either at the tail end of last year. So it's a part of that group of people who gets all of these deals because they have some notoriety. I will say Rachel Lindsay is my favorite. It's the book is called Miss Me With That. Yes. And she is one of the few bachelorette people um, or bachelor franchise people that are still with their ring winner. Like Mm -hmm. she's, I don't know if they're married. Um, They are married. They're officially married. Okay. Yes. Kind of like lost track on that just a little bit. (laughs) She stays very quiet. And I don't know if that's just because she came, like her background is from being a lawyer. And then she like Mm -hmm. moved into this reality TV space, hated it. Called out Chris Harrison on like television. Mm-hmm. And she's my reality star hero, honestly. Mm-hmm. I I just have so much respect for her and the way that she has transformed her own career and leveled herself for what feels like the best. I think that's only because she didn't choose to go through influencer life like many people do, like from Love is mm-hmm. Blind or um any other island show that I've seen. So with that, when we're Watching these things on screen, we're seeing connections being built. We're seeing friendships being built through these lifestyle, these love shows, even like competition shows, you'll see these connections build up. It makes you wonder about the authenticity. Sometimes I don't believe a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that. And for the circle, especially, and you brought up the circle earlier, I love that series so much. And it's so interesting watching like the difference uh, between like, okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to like manipulate everybody and play the game and do what I have to do and be a catfish and whatever I need to do to win. And then there's people who are kind of in that mindset, but they're like, but my tactic is to build relationships with everybody. So everybody likes me and wants to see me to the end. And I feel like those are the people who end up winning or making it the farthest on the circle. Cause I know this like past season, oh my gosh, like, like that's the one reality show I like cry on because like people just like share their stories. And like when you, when you can tell like somebody's being authentic and like real, I like them the most. And it seems like that translates to like the rest of the group and they end up making it really far. But I feel like there are the people who are just like, I'm just here to win the money. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to be on TV. And for those like shows, especially it's like, I think the relationships come as almost a side effect of their trying to win Mm -hmm. drive, the drive to win um, because they are trying to be themselves and be authentic. And I thought that was like, that show is really interesting and like that balance between like I'm gonna create this whole persona to play with that's not me versus like I'm just gonna 100% be me and be real be authentic. I think you can't talk about reality tv and authenticity without mentioning the Kardashians and they've been on reality tv for almost 15 years. I forgot that and they existed. <laughs> I, I, I try very hard to, but unfortunately we're, we're inundated with headlines and everything, but, you know, they are a blueprint for reality television and how you can appear 
and who, you know, do we really truly know who this family is? I don't think so. And even as they've returned to reality TV on Hulu, their show is on Hulu, you know, I think that they show the beauty and the opulence of wealth and what they built but do we really know who these people are? And even amongst themselves, this is a family. This isn't like your friends or just people you're picked to live in a house with. This is your family. So are you all building together and building drama? Or or is this how you all, all are authentically? Do you all argue or even fight like this? I don't think that they're, most of them are authentic. And if they try to be, it's more so of a brand as opposed to who they genuinely are. And will we ever know who they really are? I don't think so. And with the advent of social media, it's actually kind of odd that they're still on, but they make gobs and gobs of money. So it's more like a money thing as opposed to an attention thing. Yes. (laughs) that's that is yes I can't get down on the Kardashians I I have Mm -hmm. tried to watch it Mm -hmm. I have tried Mm -hmm. and it all feels really fake and I think that's why I always shut it off Mm -hmm. but it's not like people are watching a lot of these things for anything that's real right I don't Mm -hmm. know like the circle yes like those connections I also cry whenever I watch the circle especially I think it was like season season two or three, um, where, uh, the woman, the woman that won, she was like pretending to be her husband, Elisa, Elise. <laughs> I cried on that finale. And I like screamed when I saw him come back <laughs> uh, in the new season. And like, it's very strange on how I feel connected to these people because I feel like they're themselves are making these weird, authentic relationships. Whereas if I'm watching like the bachelor or love island or anything else i'm like oh they're probably just gonna break up next week oh this isn't real nothing's real this is all storytelling that the producers are giving us um and it's like the more lifestyle it becomes the less i believe it Mm. i think that goes back to kind of like the messages we hear in our society and the reality tv shows that play up the opulence and the wealth and even things like, uh, I haven't watched it, but I know so many people have been telling me, but like Bling Empire and like mm. things like that, <laughs> it perpetuates like and tells this story and narrative about like here in America, we care about like materialism, consumption, mm-hmm. like this is this is who we are, what we do, and this is what you should strive to become. And so I think reality TV shows like feed into that like drive and desire to like want this life and want to live like the Kardashians and want to like have all of this like material wealth and opulence and like glamour and if you're not like consuming and like oh if you don't have like all these cars and all these houses and like be able to brunch for a thousand dollars and like the clothes and everything like you you're not living the American dream like the people in the reality TV shows are. And that's where you can get away with not having authenticity because it's like, yeah, these people are fake, but dang, they get to go on a private jet every episode. And it's like, this is probably the same private jet for, for you know, that, that they went on this one trip. They just cut and pasted it to make it seem like they always go on private jets. 
yeah, she's she's an awful human being, but she carries a Birkin to brunch. So, you know, kudos to her. I aspire to be like her. And yeah, I the lack of the more opulence you see, the lack of authenticity the show could have. I'm never getting a Birkin. <laughs> never going to be never going to be invited into that back room. Let's be real. It's almost just like escapism for all of us. And mm-hmm. that's that's how people cope. Mm-hmm. Whether it's trying to watch some wholesome, wholesome love, like say Love on the Spectrum or uh, The Circle, because we're going to say that's a wholesome show, mm-hmm. to shows that feel like they are inauthentic and or destroy lives. And I will just throw The Bachelor in there because I know it destroys lives. With that, as watchers of reality television and shows that can create people's downfalls or put people on blast, does that mean we're being complicit in the exploitation of people? I would say we are being complicit in the system, but not necessarily strictly in their exploitation. I would say when a viewer becomes part of that exploitation process, it's like so when I was reading um, a Parnas book, she's unlikable. She talked a lot about like the death threats she got because people hated her on the show. Like people would like see her in real life and like call her disgusting and things like that. She got like a lot of good responses too, but just like that hate, like she was doxxed. Her inter- her information was put leaked on the internet so people could find out where she lived and things. So. Like, I feel like when people take it to that level, it is just as exploitive as, like, the messages, like, the show creators were trying to paint that picture and, in turn, that kind of, like, destroyed people's lives. But I feel like, well, we are complicit in the system if we are giving our eyeballs and that's the currency that these show creators need and want our viewing. And the more we do that, the more they're like, oh, well, this is what they want. And it's hard because it is escapism. And if you do have nuanced conversations, again, just I don't know why my brain keeps going back to porn, because I feel like porn is kind of almost like a form of reality Mm -hmm. TV. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to like create this like, oh, this is so real, but it's definitely not. It creates this narrative of like, this is what people want. And so we're going to create more content like this because people are seeking it out and drives those messages. This is how it should be because we're seeing those messages and like that cycle of being complicit. But I don't know about explicitly destroying the person's lives unless you're going to that extreme. Yeah, I think we're very capable of giving the applause and also taking away that a particular person's dignity and you know we a lot of people project on the people that we see whether you're famous or you're a celebrity or however long whatever so I think we are because we you know there are people who are watching this and there are people who participate in the vitriol and the hate there's a such thing as good bad press is good press um so I think we are for better for worse complicit in it but I think people also make a choice to be on these shows 
So, and how they choose to present themselves so that they can get to the next stepping stone. So we, the audience, give the power, but people also want that power. It's like, whenever I think of the idea of celebrity, I think of, this is going to sound dark, but I think of sacrifice, like human sacrifice, because whenever, usually if there was some sort of human sacrifice that human is showered with riches and love and adoration and they're set up for slaughter and it makes me think of just celebrities nowadays people that we put on pedestals is that we're raising them for slaughter um, because there are going to be people that dox those folks and yes we are three people that aren't going to take it that far that doesn't mean that there's someone that is it's it's hard to say like if there, if there wasn't this, there's always going to be something else. And it's always been that way. That's all I have. Not to like take us down another rabbit hole, but like I was talking about um, reality TV shows with a couple friends the other day. We were talking a lot about like trauma porn and like how the news is essentially and, and social media anytime a tragedy happens, just like full of trauma porn. So kind of like what you were saying about like, oh, well, we are we love to watch people being exploited. We love to see like, we love to see the slaughter and like it, it becomes part. I feel like the news also contributes. The news almost feels like reality TV show, a reality TV show sometimes where it's just like all this drama and like, especially the Trump presidency, that was definitely a reality TV show. Yeah. So like how the more we're seeing these messages and like, I like to think that I'm not addicted to trauma porn, but I can't remember her name. I don't do Peloton bikes, but I was listening to her audiobook on NetGalley and I was just like, ew, this is overly positive. I hate it. I'm <laughs> quitting this right now. And then I was like, maybe I am addicted to trauma porn because I don't know. It's, it's, it's watching people go through hardship and like, it's, it's a weird, like double edged sword of, I feel like I'm connected to this person because they have it hard too. They have issues and drama in their life too. But I'm also able to kind of get that catharsis of like, look at how they're pulling through. And like, that gives a weird sense of hope, I guess, to people. If anyone is ready to yell on a podcast about how awful the news is, please include me in that conversation because I have these thoughts all the time of just how the news is complicit just as they purvey all of the drama that we're having. It's just these cycles of drama and the things that we're supposed to be talking about, we're not talking about. And maybe there's a con- that's the connection between the news and reality TV is that reality TV provides us this distraction, the lack of authenticity when there's actual things that we should be focusing on. Um, So, and, and also Taylor, maybe you're not into trauma porn. You're just not into toxic positivity because people who are overly positive, I'm like, how, how there's not a vitamin in the world that is giving you the strength to feel oh my gosh just berries and bikes and things like that no please stop berries and bikes <laughs> we don't want your happy stories we we don't want your berries and bikes give us a little bit of sad sadness in there we want the circle 
sad, but make it happy at the end. Well, as we run short on time, do we have any, any last thoughts here, friends? I wrote about rest and reality TV for the blog. I think that some reality TV shows do provide some sort of reprieve without it being super judgmental and just a place where you can just let your mind go somewhere else. So, you know, if you enjoy the shows that you do enjoy them, but I think enjoy them consciously as well and, you know, have conversations about what you're seeing and different things like that. Uh, And I know Taylor recently uh, reviewed, I forgot the book name already uh, on the blog. She's unlikable. Yes, you should definitely check out Taylor's review on of She's Unlikable on the blog, which we'll have linked, as well as Ashley's blog post about rest in reality TV. But as always, you'll be able to find those books and source, resources mentioned in the show notes. And if you have any topics that you would like to see covered on Feminist Book Club, the podcast, make sure to leave a message in the comments or shoot us a DM at your feminist book club on Instagram. Thanks so much, friends, for being here with me today. Thanks, y'all. This is great. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. well-read woman is a dangerous creature, creature. Let's talk about setting the mood. That's right, the mood. You know, when you want to get intimate or perhaps after you've gotten intimate, be it by yourself or with a partner, there's something you need to have on your nightstand, MOD. MOD is redefining what sexual wellness and modern intimacy look like. They're creating this whole new chapter in the outdated sexual wellness industry. MOD makes modern, body-safe, and high-quality essentials for before, during, and after sex. They have a whole variety of products like vibrators, lubricants, and condoms. Their products are absolutely beautiful, seriously, with a lot of attention to detail, design, sustainability, and simplicity. So basically, if your sexual wellness had a name, it'd be MOD. Honestly, these products, you want them to be seen in your bedroom. You don't want to hide them. One of the coolest things about Maud is that it's female-led and Latinx-founded. So their founder, Ava, created Maud for all bodies, all genders, and all races. And guess what? You are all getting a treat from Maud. As our partner, Maud is giving you $5 off your first orders on all products with the code BOOKCLUB. Head over to getmod.com. That's get, M-A-U-D-E, mod.com, and use promo code BOOKCLUB for $5 off your first order. Enjoy setting the mood.